Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey, this is Ashley from Team Serious Tri Club. In tonight's live chat, you'll hear from Beck on how to train in the off-season, how many hours you should be putting in, what you should be focused on, what trainings you should avoid, and what you should be doing more of. We hope you enjoy it. about training in the off season and feel free if you're watching this as a replay to post your questions tag me at Rebecca Keat or tag look for at team series tri club and I will reply but we're talking about hey Trish I knew you would come on how are you um, we're talking about how to train in the off season and I believe there is still one more a couple more races left in the Ironman schedule but this weekend just being one of my athletes in Ironman California and uh, had a great PR he PR'd by two and a half hours and um, hey, Annette Miller, how are you? And I'm so proud of him. But there's a couple more races left on the schedule, but not many. So most of us are going into, I would say, the off season. And um, something I want to touch on tonight is that a lot of people think they're just going to have time off and do nothing, and they lose all of their momentum and their fitness that they built in the in the in season in race season. So that's a big no-no for us. Um, so tonight I'm going to go through um, a few different things. So I'm going to talk about how much time to have off basically based on if you have done your last key race um, and what I recommend for my athletes. Uh, mobility and stability, what I recommend for that and who I recommend. We also have Erin um, Carson is offering um, two weeks free and then about 40% off for Team Series Tri Club members. So if you want to join and take advantage of that and all our sponsor deals, um, you can join Team Series Tri Club as a member for $37. Just go to www teamseriestriclub.com. But we're going to talk about training sessions, what training sessions to do in the off-season, what not to do and what to do. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what the plans we have available for everybody. So if you have questions, um, please post them up. Trish, you're a perfect example of um, someone who's doing off-season training because you're on our off-season plan. So is Megan Newman, who just did an Ironman. Well, she had 10K to go and they pulled her off the course, long story, but I basically think she finished. So in my mind, she's a badass. She finished. Um, but they pulled her off the course for medical reasons. and uh, But she just finished her last Ironman too for the season. So she's in um, pretty much uh, recovery from that and in her off-season training. So I know we've got you guys on there, which is perfect. And Trish, if you want to write up anything about the off-season plan, what you've noticed or what you like about it, um, any questions on it, please let me know. But you will notice it's quite different to uh, in-season training in that in quite a few aspects. So let's talk about, first, let's talk about time off. So time off, I think, is really important, but I also think it's important not to have too much time off. So science shows that for every week you have off, it takes about two weeks, um, sometimes a little more, to get back um, the fitness that you've lost. So if you're going to have two weeks off, it'd probably take you about four weeks to get it back, which which is what I mostly advise for my guys. If you have four weeks off, it could take you eight weeks to get back. So you don't really be wanting to do more than four weeks completely off. You do lose a lot of cardiovascular fitness. But for someone like um, Megan and Jackie, who just finished their Ironmans, um, and Trisha, um, usually after your key last 70.3 Ironman, I recommend two weeks off completely. And I don't let them do any swim, bike, run training at all. They're allowed to do walking, hiking, mountain biking, but I try to Pilates, yoga, 
stretching, but I try to move them off the swim bike run because when they come back, we want everybody to be excited and motivated to train. And if you keep training right through, you are going to burn out for sure. So usually it's two weeks off and then it's two weeks of around, you know, no more than 30 minutes for the first week, which could be swim, bike or run each day, one, one workout only. And then the fourth week is an hour max of swim, bike, run. So there we go. Trish said she took two weeks off after Maryland. That's perfect. Because remember, you guys, your heart is a muscle and it gets bruised as well. So your heart is a muscle, just like your legs are muscles. And that takes a long time for your heart to recover from an iron weight. It can take up to two months and it definitely probably won't be recovered after two weeks. So I always recommend for your ligaments, tendons, bones, everything from a thrashing from an Ironman. It can take some people up to 16 hours. That's a long time for your heart to be working and your bones and tendons and ligaments to be exhausted um, and usually lack of fueling too. So you're completely fatigued. At least I try to get two weeks where they just do nothing. So that's my tip for the off season for recovery. And then it's the time where you want to keep building on the fitness that you have and not lose too much. And the way to do that is not just doing easy aerobic work, because if you just do easy aerobic, low, low heart rate, long endurance stuff, you are going to lose a little bit of that fast twitch. You are going to lose a bit of feel, a bit of speed, but you have to do it really sensibly because the off season can be very long. For Australians, for us, we raced all year round and we didn't have a lot of off season. We might have a two week break. We didn't have much off season for Americans, like you basically don't have a race till April. So you basically have kind of November, December, January, February, March. You have like almost five months. Some of you have a little sooner, some of you race a little earlier, but usually it's around April for the pros. And most age groups don't choose a race till around April. So it's a long, long off season. So in the off season, we have several plans you can do, but let's go through um, some of the things I want to include as well as swim, biking, running. This is the time to do really work on mobility stability work because you have extra time you're not doing as many hours you would cut back at least i would say 70 percent of your training and um it's a time to do mobility stability work and we have hugh darnell who we work with when we're in australia but we also have the american um, strength conditioning coach of the year usa triathlon coach of the year um, strength coach of the year aaron carson and aaron does monday mobility if you subscribe i did it today it was unbelievable to open up your hips hip flexors loosen up your itb tfl glutes everything it was just absolutely amazing and um, she does it if you subscribe to her youtube channel for free but she's also offering two weeks free right now uh pre-off season training plan and then you can purchase as a member they give discounts to our club for i think it's about a hundred dollars and you get about a five-week program that you can rotate and it's fun because you see Tim O'Donnell and Marina Carfrey and, you know, people like that demonstrating the um, exercises. Um, who else? Um, Paula Finlay. Um, I forget the Olympian's name, but all of them are demonstrating all of the workouts, which is pretty cool. She trains some pretty awesome athletes. So I don't know if you guys are interested in that. If you are, just I'll, um, I'll put the link up later after I finish because we do have um, a good discount for just our club members. But look for EC Fit or Erin Carson um, if you guys are interested in that. She's brilliant. And so also with that, you'll see she'll build you up to starting to do heavier lifting in the off-season because the off-season is really where you want to start lifting heavier, but you want to have that foundation. Now, some of my athletes are probably thinking you never recommended strength training before. We've changed our tune a little bit, Siri and I. We've seen benefits, a lot more benefits of specific strength training with, with just with incredible trainers like someone like Erin or Hugh, Hugh Darnell. And sports-specific strength is really great, but in the off-season, we don't really recommend doing a lot of the pure strength stuff in season. It's You want to do sports-specific strength like swim, bike, run, paddles with the swimming, biking hills, 
and running strength like hills and incline stuff. But in the off season, when you have more time, you're cutting back your training load to probably 60, 70% less, you have more hours. So that's when we want you to start putting in uh, strength work in the gym. Now, I used to be a personal trainer and I used to do strength conditioning, but a lot has evolved since then. There's a lot more like the fascial staff, the frontline staff, um, how important it is for the movement patterns and all of this new research coming up, which Erin is way more advanced than I could ever be. So I do recommend my guys going and doing her programs or Hugh Darnell's because it's not really my wheelhouse. I can recommend stuff, but they're the they're the they're the superpowers of this. This is their that's their superpower. So um and I'll write their names up in here if you or maybe Trisha, you could write it up because I know you know them. So it's Hugh Darnell and Erin Carson. And uh, that's when you start doing the off season is time for doing that. So you want to build up your foundation. You want to start with the off season, her off season strength training program, and then you build up into a heavier lifting. Now you have to have really good form before you start lifting heavy, because there's a lot of people that can't even lunge because of their knees and stuff. And there are things that you won't be able to do stuff because if you lower back, you won't be able to do. But the great thing about that is she's always thinking about how the strength is going to benefit you as a triathlete, swimmer, biker, and runner. So you're always stabilizing when you're doing the exercises. You're always doing a lot of core, a lot of stability, um, a lot of stuff where you're pushing through your big toe in bare feet, a lot of stuff under fatigue, and um, it's brilliant. So, okay, that's the strength out of the way. So uh, there we go, Hugh Darnell. I think it's H-U-W, H-U-W. Um, and then www.ecfit, ecfit is Erin's uh, website. Okay, so any questions about that, let me know. I see here we have um, slowly integrated swimming and biking. Did my first run a month after Ironman. Good. I love this, Trish. Um, I really think that's brilliant that you took a month off running. I think that it's smart and it will help you from getting injured because cardiovascularly you're still getting the benefit on the swim and the bike. The only thing you're losing is that feel and that, um, you know, that pounding, um, that weight bearing on the ground, which you can get pretty easily um, once you start back running. And if you're doing the strength conditioning to go with it, boom, you've got like a really solid foundation there. So um, technique is everything, though. So make sure you follow the perfect technique and make sure you watch technique because that is imperative when it comes to strength training. Okay, so sessions. Put your questions up, you guys, if you have anything. Um, put your sessions up. Sorry, put your questions up. And um, I'm going to go through what training not to do in the off-season. Now, this is this is based on you not racing for probably, I'd say, 16 weeks. So what you don't want to be doing is any flat-out uh, work for more than, say, one minute, any race pace, long efforts that's un putting yourself and your body under a lot of stress for a long period of time and a really high um, exertion. You don't want to be doing any race pace efforts yet. Um, you could probably start doing them, like I would say, two months out. Um, let's say it's for two months. I'm going to give you two months worth of what I would, you know, advise you guys to do in the off season. Um, you also don't want to be doing any, um, anything really, I wouldn't go anything over unless it's an adventure over sort of a five hour bike ride. Although if you have an adventure where you're going to go out and ride seven hours, don't make it really hard because it's going to put residual fatigue in that you really don't need, especially if you're just on an Ironman and you'll feel it in your legs. Um, and then runs, I, we don't have our guys running over about two hours, but they should always be easy. And the way to get the conditioning is to just do a hilly run on, say, a trail or something where you're getting your heart rate up and down. The really important thing is speed, though. If you start keeping doing really hard speed, on, especially on the run in the off-season, that's where you're really prone to getting injured. So I don't recommend doing, like, high-intensity 
uh, race pace speed efforts on the run. On the bike, you can get away with a little bit more because um, it's not that weight bearing. And in the swim, you can get away with a lot. So the swim's a little bit different. For the swim, I would say that you don't want to do any really high intensity, long threshold type work or continuous race pace stuff. But the swim, you can get away with a little bit more because your body weight's supported by the water. Okay, so you can have your heart rate conditioned, your cardiovascular system can be conditioned to getting fitter and not losing any fitness. And that transfers over to the bike and the run, but you're not going to get that you know, prone to being injured in the pool unless you get a shoulder injury, but you're not going to be as prone to getting injured in the pool. So sometimes what we do, actually often what we do is we do a swim block for most people, even if you're a swimmer, um, and that includes you, Megan Newman, um, we do a swim block. We start with a swim block uh, first, and then we do a run block more coming into season. So right now, for example, my guys would be doing, some of them are doing a swim block, the ones that need it, some don't. Um, and then, and some love it, some hate it. Uh, and then they'll go into not really a bike block, but they'll go into sort of normal training and then they'll do a run block of usually about two to four weeks for the runs only usually about two weeks, but the swim is usually about four weeks. Um, and then they'll go back into kind of normal pre-season training or race, race season training. So sessions that you should do. Okay. So for the swim, I would say we don't change it a lot. We just don't do a lot of like 2,000 time trials or 4,000 time trials like we do in race season. But you can do 25s, three fast, one easy, maybe 50 of them. So a set that we love to do for speed is 25-meter um, sprints. Okay, let's change it. Let's make it build one to four. So you could do 20, three fast, one easy for 20 of them. But if you're going to be doing, say, 50 of them or 40 of them, 40, 25s, you could go three fast, one easy or build one to four. Sorry, build one to four or one fast, one easy. So that speed is really, really good. You get quite a bit of rest if you can sprint pretty fast, if you do it on about a 15-second rest cycle. And that will help get the speed, but you're not not—you're only going to take maybe 15 to 20, 25 seconds for that 25 metres, depending on your level of um, swim speed. And you're going to have enough recovery so that you can um, recover well enough to not completely exhaust you. So... I would say some 25s. I would say you could do 60 25s, one fast, one easy for all of them. Do some with band only for strength. Band only is like, um, oh, I'll have to show you. So it's basically like uh, you cut your inner tube or you could use a latex band you put around just below your calf muscles and it helps increase the stroke rate. That's a really good strength off-season swim session to do too. I can show you that later on. And then paddles is a great way to stay strong in the off-season. Paddle work. Paddle work also gets your heart rate a little lower. So pool boy band snorkel, paddles, pool boy, even paddles on their own where you're doing 50 flat out, 100 easy, things like that. The things I try to stay away from are like time trials and say 40, 50s flat out um, on short rest, stuff like that, because that's obviously in-season training. It doesn't hurt to do it, you know, once every couple of weeks, but you don't want to be doing it every single week. You do a lot of fartlek in the pool, fartlek. Um, I looked up the name the other day and I can't remember what it is, but fartlek is change in pace. So 25 fast, 75 easy, 50 fast, 50 easy, 25 fast, 75 easy, 100 fast, 100 easy. So you do four sets of that. That's a 500 and then it'd be a 2K set. Now, I would say you still want to be in the pool. For, you can be in the pool for four to five kilometres or an hour and a half, but it's not as high intensity as in the race season. So fartlek's a good one, 25 is a good one, three 1,000s is a really good one or two 1,500s. You could do one swim, focusing on your breath, one um, strength with pool boy band or band band paddles is good because it gets your stroke rate up. 
Um, and what was I going to say? The other thing is doing hypoxic breathing. So sprinting, say 15 strokes, 20 strokes, no breaths, and then easy to the 50. You can do stuff like that with really long rest. And also obviously practice your sighting in the pool. You always want to practice your sighting. So it's a good time to do it in the off season. So breathing bilateral, trying to breathe bilateral in the pool is a great time to practice breathing bilateral. Pool boy band is an easy way to do that. I used to have trouble breathing to my left, but I just got used to it because Sometimes the cans are on your left, the buoys are on your left, and you can't see them if you're only breathing to your right. So I always recommend trying to breathe both sides. Um, and what was I going to say? Um, the other session is um, we have this drill, which is like we do something like five or ten two hundreds. You can start with five two hundreds, and it's breathing every three for one fifty, breathing every five for one fifty, breathing every seven for one fifty. And then you touch the wall and then you just build to fast for the last 50 and that's 200 and we do five of those things like that where you're just working on your breathing and increasing your oxygen and your lung capacity so there are the key swim sessions lots of strength if you really want to get into the strength and you have a really good stroke um and you are from more of a swimmer more of a swimmer okay so when you have a good stroke and a fast stroke it's okay to start adding stuff if your technique is really poor i wouldn't recommend this but Band pool boy would be good for someone with, with poor technique because it increases the stroke rate and it helps your strength. You want the pull under the water with a high elbow, fast stroke rate, open arm recovery, entering right out in front, pulling right down high elbow and exiting right down as far past your leg as possible. So open arm recovery just means not doing a high elbow recovery. It should be more open kind of windmill shape. The benefits of that I've talked about so many times is that you enter the water out in front of your ear where you should be. You pull down and you exit as far back as possible so you're not losing that back part of your stroke either. If it's coming out more straight, it's much more likely to come over and enter in front and not enter early and not cross the center line. There's so many reasons for open arm recovery. If you watch Lucy Charles on the weekend who swam 48 minutes to win Kona, unbelievable, unbelievable performance. I think she went eight. 20 something it was just unbelievable I don't even know what time actually it was but she was just incredible um she her stroke you watch her stroke fastest in the world it is open arm recovery with a pretty fast stroke rate so that's all stuff you can look at you can focus on if you look at my Instagram um you'll see under swimming you'll see a ton of stuff on open water swim stroke and why it's so important to advocate for open water and open arm swimming for open water and breathing bilaterally um what else was I going to say? You can practice open water in off-season too, but sometimes it's too cold. So make sure you get a wetsuit. Um, so I think that's the swim covered. Let me see if there's any crazies. Swim block training plan is amazing. Thank you, Trisha. Um, and I'm going to have in a little bit, Becky, show us the training plans when I get through the bike and the run, um, what we have available here, you guys. Because as members, it's you can get them for $15. It's really cheap. Um the 1625 is banned only today. Yay. Good job, Trish. It really does help with um, stroke rate. Okay. So for the bike, the bike, a lot of us are indoors on the trainer. Thank God I'm in California now and that's not the case, but a lot of people are stuck indoors, which is fine. You saw Lucy Charles. She trains indoors the entire time and she just won the world championship. So if you're stuck inside, then use, uh, use it for gaining strength. Okay. So you want to gain a little bit of strength um, in the off season. You want to do a lot of time trialing as much as you can and seated big gear work. So the big gear work doesn't mean just put it in the big gear and pedal slowly. Big gear work means it should feel like kind of a heavy squat. Like it feels like after like 15 reps doing a squat with a weight or doing a squat where your legs are burning. That's how it should feel with a big gear. So you put it into the biggest gear you can and start with a minute on a minute off. So a minute big gear, a minute easy. If you haven't done big gear work, be really careful because you can get sore knees and hamstrings and everything like that 
anything that you're feeling will really, it'll exaggerate um, your bike position if you have poor setup. So if your seat's too high, you'll feel it in your hamstring. If your seat's too low, you'll probably feel it in your knee or your lateral quad, ITB, TFL. If you're bouncing around, you might feel it in your back or you might feel it you know, in your quads. But you want to be doing as much as you can in your time trial bars to strengthen your um, fitness and strengthen your position in the time trial position. So that's more sports-specific strength. So get in the time trial bars, do the big gear, or do some seated stuff as well. But don't just put it into a big gear and slow your cadence down. You want it to be a grind. I see some people just putting in a big gear and just pedaling slow, but you want it to be like a push-pull, a grind, pushing through your big toe. You want to feel that strength and don't rock off the saddle if you're feeling like you're rocking or bouncing, um, you probably need more gear or your seat, seat setup isn't great. So a great tip for, for checking your bike seat height will be in your time trial bars and you put your foot, click your foot out, put it on top of the pedal and you should be able to scrape the top of the pedal um, by a millimeter or two. If you're, if you can't quite reach the pedal, it's too high. And if you can reach the pedal with a quite a good bend in it with your heel on top of the pedal out when you've clicked out, it's probably, um, if you have a lot of bend in the knee, it's probably too low. So that's a good indication. And you kind of want to do it when you're in your time trial position because that's where you're going to have your power. That's where you're going to be most of the time. So the strength work is probably my biggest tip for off-season, tweaking your um, time trial position with your bike fitter just to get more comfortable. Um, I won't go into the whole time trial setup because that can take way too long. But definitely big gear strength work, pedal technique, um, do one-legged uh, one legged uh, pedals. Um, we do that for five minutes, 30 seconds each leg, and um, just keep rotating and try to do it without a clunk at the bottom. You want smooth pedal strokes, so push down, pull up, practicing tackle technique like that. Um, but they're really the big things. And you can do some stuff where sometimes we'll throw in like five lots of 30 seconds, and this is just maybe every three weeks, 30 seconds max power with like three minutes 30 easy. We'll throw that in like max all out power just to get that fast twitch and to get that VO2. But we don't do like the four minute time trials, flat out time trials at race pace or anything like that. So you can do builds, 12 minute build, eight minute build, four minute build is something that we do where you're building the last four minutes at race pace, but never full 12 minutes at race pace, eight minute build to race pace, four minute build to race pace, then 15 minute big gear. Once you've gotten used to the big gear, don't start with 15 minutes because you could get really sore. Um, and that's pretty much the bike, you know, just it's not rocket science. Just keep the distance in your legs. Do like your three-hour easy bike rides. Get the time in the legs still. I don't see a lot of point in doing more than sort of three to four hours max, um, maybe four hours max for Ironman athletes if you have something coming up in, say, April. Um, and Becky's just put up here, you guys, there is, um, if anybody wants the free, that's on here, wants the free six-key off sessions PDF, we, we made two swim, two bike, and two run, our, our favorite sessions ever from all the time that we've coached, Siri and I. So we chose our two favorite swims, two favorite bikes, and two favorite runs, so six sessions. And if you click that link, you can sign up and get it for free, even if you're not a member. So we just put that up there right then. So um, look here at Trish. I really need to build my leg strength. My IMA is 8,000 feet. Yep. So you need to do a lot of big gear work in your time trial position and seated because sometimes the hills can be where you're actually out of your seat, but you want to stay seated, not get out of the bars too much. These be, There's sessions sometimes where we'll go a minute time trial bars, a minute easy, a minute seated, a minute easy, all big gear, and then a minute out of the saddle, a minute easy, stuff like that, and do that five or six times just to get used to the different positions. But you, the problem with getting out of the seat climbing, if you don't have to, 
your heart rate goes up a lot when you get out of the seat. So you want to try to be seated. Even in the bars, your heart rate's even lower. My heart rate's about four to five beats lower in my time trial bars just because the blood's pumping across, not up. When you're seated, the blood has to pump up to get out of the body. When you're down, the blood the blood pumps across. So your heart rate will drop about four or five beats in the time trial position for most people. If it doesn't, you're probably got your heart in a weird position. <laughs> Get your, get your, get, have like get a CT scan of your heart or something. But no, it does drop about four or five beats. Um, and then out of the seat, obviously, you're using more body weight and more muscles. So your heart rate's going to work even higher. So we always practice climbing in the seat. Um, okay, for the run, um, biggest one is hill work, strength, getting out on trails, um, strengthening the tendons, ligaments, joints, running really easy on trails with good trail shoes. with I like Hoka, although they're not great trail shoes because they're quite wide, but get like Adidas, a good pair of Asics, um, really good trail shoes and go out running on trails, on hills and get rid of your freaking garment. Get rid of your garment in the pool. You shouldn't be wearing a garment in the pool anyway. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but you want to swim like a swimmer. You need to think like a swimmer. You need to know what your 25 time is, your 50 time is, your 100 time is. If I said do 2100s on two minutes, you should know exactly what you want to be coming in on at race pace effort, you should be able to rattle all of that off and think like a swimmer. Don't cheat and use a Garmin because it just it makes you lazy to, to a sense that you don't really understand the workout because you're not really doing the workout. Well, if they're our workouts, you're not really doing them properly because you're relying on your Garmin. So don't wear it on the bike either because all of us put on, maybe some of us, most of us put on five pounds over winter. Then we look at our power numbers and, you know, it could actually be higher if you're heavier, but we get focused on our power numbers and it's just irrelevant in the off season. So I would stay away from your your garment and you know with big gear your power is always going to be lower and running to run free like those of you that are set on metrics like run free get rid of your watch just get a regular timex watch and just go out and run free so like i remember macca chris mccormack won i don't know how many world championships he won but won a lot chris mccormack used to go for his long run and he would just guess when the hour mark was and then turn around and he didn't bring his phone or anything and he would get home and he'd have to have guessed how far he went and that would be his long run and sometimes he'd run an hour 40 sometimes two and a half and he literally didn't bring a watch with him and I think that's beautiful so if you want to bring your phone for music or your phone for safety do that but try not to bring your Garmin um, in the off season it's time to kind of be free and like we call it running free and naked because you don't have anything to compare to and you just I don't want anyone any of my athletes looking at their run splits in the off season or their bike numbers so much I'm not so worried about the bike but they get carried away with the run and they're running you know easy runs way too hard um and you are going to lose a tiny tiny bit of fitness cardiovascularly but you're also building strength in your foundation so and staying injury free which can be really hard as you get older so the run sessions hill work long easy runs on trails um turnovers is one that we do but we have to be very careful as we get older and i'm menopause perimenopause and a lot of the women i train are and what's happened, my mom explained it to me, is when the estrogen drops, um, all the ligaments and tendons, they suck all of the good stuff out of the ligaments and tendons and the ligaments and tendons become less supple and um, just much more prone to getting injuries. So unfortunately, after 40, you are perimenopausal, whether you know it or not, but um, you start getting ligaments, tendons, especially the Achilles plantar sort of issues, and you have to be so careful in the off-season when you're doing speed work, um, which is why we don't recommend too much of it for the run. So for the run, depending on your age and your, you know, you're inclined to be your, um, whether you're prone to be getting injured, we really don't do too much speed. But if you're okay, you're not prone to injury and you don't have any niggles, we would do turnovers. 
Um, for someone that's older, so even for you, Trisha, just because you're not from a running background per se or a runner and you, Megs, because um, of where you're at, we would do like one minute build to fast. So we do 10 by one minute build to fast, one minute easy. So you're building into it with a really good warm up, especially in the off season, you want to warm up for 20, 30 minutes beforehand. Um, those of you that are runners and that are, say, like little phantom weights, like our runners, um, you could do stuff like uh, 20 seconds flat out, 40 seconds rest stop on the treadmill. But obviously a really, really, really good warm-up. Don't 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 ruin yourself by not doing enough warm-up. So at least 15 to 20 minutes warm-up, 20 seconds fast, 40 seconds rest, hold the side of the treadmill. Um, but you are now, but you weren't from a run background, right? So, so people that were, they could probably get away with it. But I would say over 40, 45, especially females, be very, very careful because you can get injured doing speed work. So the minute build to fast, minute easy is much better. Um, but the turnovers, if you're not prone to injury and you're younger, like my athlete Jackie who's 24 um, and he's a good weight, he's not carrying any extra weight or anything like that, I have him doing 20 seconds fast, 40 seconds um, rest, 40 seconds rest, because when you rest, the heart rate comes right back down. If you jog the recovery, it's a completely different session. It's more of an interval session. The idea for this is speed work without getting your heart rate up. Your heart rate won't go up in 20 seconds. And with 40 seconds rest, it comes right back down for even a non-conditioned athlete. So 20 seconds fast, 40 seconds rest. We do five lots and then a minute or two, two minutes easy. And we do that four times through. So we might do 20 of them. And that is just really good to keep the fast twitch fibers and to keep the speed. And that's, we do up tempo, changing pace, a minute on, a minute off, front leg 15 on, 45 easy, 30 fast, 30 build to fast, 30 easy, 45 seconds build to fast, a minute 15 easy, a minute build to fast, a minute easy. That's sort of up tempo. And that's really all we would do in the off-season for running. Um, a little bit of building maybe, like a 15-minute type build, maybe at the end of a long run, but nothing crazy, nothing up to race pace. Um, I'm just obviously more cautious with the run than anything else because it's where you're most likely to get injured. So that's about it. I'm going to have Becky bring up our um, our training blocks now because, you guys, we do have a lot of off-season training blocks, and there is a link right there about four comments up that gives you the option to get the six key off-season sessions. We also have 21 key off-season sessions. I don't think it's on this display yet, but we have the 21 key workouts. But Becky's showing here we have the six to ten hours. Um, we're just scrolling down. We have off-season build-up, off-season run block, off-season swim block. I don't know if the 21 key workouts, but I know that is there as well. If we just go back up, Miss Becky, um, she can't see it, but I can right to the top. Yeah, so we have – here we go, guys. We have two different ones. So – this is really not really based off your ability. It's based off how much time you have to train. So the first one is six to 10 hours. Um, and for members, it's $99 and it is 10 weeks. So that will get you right up to February um, or January. And it's 10 weeks. And I think this is the one that Trish was doing. And it's basically if you have about six to 10 hours a week of training. So it's about an hour a day. And then the weekends might be two hours for the long bike or something. Um, and then we have the 10-week off-season, 8 to 15 hours, same price, 99 for members. It's actually, you guys, trick trick to this, quick tip here. If you join for $37, you should do it if you want to get the discount because if you join for $37, you pay $99. So you're already getting it for $12 less than if you weren't a member. So I recommend to join. You can cancel any time. Um, we also have amazing sponsors um, F2C Nutrition, 25% off. Hyper Ice, 15% off. Quintana Roo, 15 25% off. Rudy Project, 40% off. Zone 3, 40% off. Magic Goggles, 40% off. And I could go on and on and on. We have so many amazing sponsors. So it's worth the 37 bucks to join 
just to even get the training plan discounts. Most training plans are up to 40, even 50% off. And then let's scroll down a bit, Becky. Um, Okay, we have swim block, run block, and bike blocks too. So we have off-season build-up plan. So that's basically if you've sort of done some training and you're maybe a month, already had a month like building off, you could go start start going into the build-up that's close if you're closer to a race. Say if you're racing earlier season, say if you're racing in February, that might be a better one to do. Um, so we have 10 weeks there um for that one. And then that one's only $49. I don't know why that's so cheap, but I would grab that. Oh no, that should be $149. There's a typo right there. But hey, if you catch that, we'll give it to you for $49 because that's what's written. I might have to get Becky to edit that. Should be $149. Um, but hey, we'll throw it in there for $49 if anybody wants it. Um, four-week run block, $15 for members, $25 if you're not. And that's um that's an off-season four-week run block, off-season four-week swim block. We have that as well, 15 bucks. I mean you can't like this. Is, these are all written by mostly Siri, you guys. And Siri charges $1,500 a month. She doesn't have any spots at the moment, but she charges $1,500 a month for coaching. So you're getting her five week program, four week program for $15, absolute steal. I don't think you could get that from any top coach in the world. There's really no one like her anyway, but you couldn't get that anywhere else um, for, for something like that. So if you bought all of those um, and you're a member, you'd pay $130 and that would get you through till. 16 weeks that'd give you four months worth of coaching pretty amazing for 130 bucks what else do we have down there becky is there anything else let's see um i can see that yep we have uh eight week start of season okay so that would be when you're finished your off season you then start your start of season plan and that says 49 two there becky we might have changed that price i'll have to check that I think it should be 149, not 100% sure. We'll have to check all those. Um, and then one, one, one thing too, if you're new to this, and you're like, this is all, this is all scary to me. This is overwhelming. Um, something that I absolutely love is our 12-week sprint try plan. And it's 12 weeks. Um, and it has about 20 YouTube videos um, for most of the workouts and explanations of all the workouts. And it's 12 weeks only. Um, 12 weeks, and it's only, I think, a hundred and let me see. I think it's a, I think it was 199 or 149 for members. So that would be for anybody newbie that's listening and she's just scrolling down to show me the other ones. Um, beginner friendly friends. Yeah, we have 5K run plans. We have 70.3 uh, beginner intermediate advanced programs. We have um, Ironman um, 16 and 23 week uh, beginner intermediate and advanced programs as well. So we have all of that. We have everything. So you also know that Training Peaks, um, this goes into your Training Peaks account. So it all goes into Training Peaks as well. So there you go. And, yeah, we have, um, as Becky put up, I'm going to put it on here, you guys. Um, that's in the comments. You won't be able to click that. But that's the URL for the off-season if you want to get the six key off-season sessions just for free. Um, and then you'll be subscribed as well, hopefully, to our newsletter. But you can sign up anytime, you guys, to take advantage or just take advantage of the training plans that we have so that you're set up for the off-season and the start of season. So there we go. Thank you, everybody. Uh, hope that helped. I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all for me from now. So I don't see any other questions. But if you're re-watching this and um, you have a question, please reach out and I will always answer it. Okay. Thank you, everybody. So grateful. Okay, bye.